right, welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Jay. I got another special guest in the building. I'm allow her to introduce herself. Like through my company name or just like just who you are, what you do, everything. So my name is Rachel. I'm the owner of Lucky One Management and the founder of the platform Showcase. All right, Rachel, where you from? I'm from Chicago. What side? South side. All right, so what what was it like growing up on the South Side? Um, so for me, it was good. I was raised on 31st and Giles. I okay. went to Ray School, went to D. LaSalle. So it was pretty smooth. Now, I had a homie that went to D. LaSalle. He actually got kicked out, though. <laughs> D. LaSalle, that, that's like They a, was kicking out everybody. That's like a, it, I don't want to say a private school, but it's like a private school, right? It's a private Catholic high school. Okay, so I understand why he got kicked out, because I know him personally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what was it like going to a, a Catholic school? Uh, I liked it. It was an all-girls school, so we had two different campuses, and I got to really focus on, like, the different things that I like to do. So it was pretty smooth. Like, I mean, everybody was pretty good at the sports, you know, and, like, I don't know. I liked Catholic school because I felt like it wasn't as messy as public school. So you went to Catholic school your entire I went to a public school and elementary school. I just went to a really good elementary school. Oh, okay. So what were some of the things you, you liked to do growing up? Um, well, I grew up playing soccer. Um, I played soccer, like, my whole life until, like, maybe 18, 19. So you cold then? I'm pretty good. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played instruments. I was in a band. What instru- instrument you play? I started off with the violin, then I went to the clarinet, tenor sax. Okay, so you like super talented then. Because it's not too many people that can actually play soccer. Like, usually people play soccer for one, two years. Yeah, they be like it. fake decent. No, but yeah. I'm decent, decent. Yeah. It's and then Playing instruments, so you was like super talented growing up. Oh, yeah, the woman who raised me, my aunt, she put me like in so much stuff. Like, I didn't go outside and shit when I was younger. Like, I wasn't like. Cursing, but nah, I didn't it. go outside much. I was always doing something. So, looking back on 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 life, do you think that hurt you or helped you? Um, I think it helped because I know how to be focused on something. But like, I no, I think it only helped. I know a lot of people that they were uh they were put into a lot of activities. As a kid, and they always looked at it as punishment, me being one of them, you know, because it was like. Because <laughs> you probably hey, didn't like it. Yeah, I got to do this and I got to do that. But uh-huh. growing up, having somebody that, that gives you multiple options, like, that's super dope being yeah. an adult, especially having kids. Like, man, y'all going to do this, y'all going to do that. Because you never know what you actually fall into and what you yeah. end up loving. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to try things. Which, if you get lucky enough to try those things when you're younger, you kind of just know. Like, I knew what I liked. Like, I played soccer, I ran track, and I played basketball. I was decent at all three. I was the best at soccer. I went down state for track. I was all conference in soccer. I got a scholarship to school playing soccer. And basketball was just, like, something that I played, you know, in between the seasons. So I was never not doing something. But I still started in that. And, I mean, I wasn't, like, the best, but I did enough. Like, I'm decent, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, I really, really, like, really enjoyed playing sports when I was younger. So that was something that I just 
kind of dove off into and then when you know i'm one of those people where i don't like recreational sports right so when people are playing like in a football league and shit like i think that's i don't want to say it's lame but i think it's lame because you're not going to nobody's ship you're not you know what i mean going to like the league you know i just be wondering why you you play for trophies that's what you're saying the real trophies yeah like i'm very competitive okay so like my brother plays like flag football he loves it and that's you know that's good for him it's just not like my speed but right. when i stopped playing i kind of dove off into like the industry like the industry industry not like music industry but like club industry and it just all kind of like went from there all right before we get into that what um college did you go to jackson state oh i went to jackson state too i only went for a semester though so me? look it's crazy my industry like started in jackson okay i was down there um me and my best friend i went down there straight from de they brought me down there on an unofficial visit when I was like 17 and I like loved it. Like I was down there with the soccer team and it was lit. Yeah. So I decided to go, I get down there and my first like industry, anything, I was working at Freelance for like three years. Okay. And like, that was like the start for really being like in the club for me. But I was more so like, you know, all the athletes kick it together at Jackson State. So we get yeah. down there early. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I know a little rebellious story I had. You know the the sororities and fraternities that got their rocks in well. Yeah. And for some reason, I just thought it was a good idea to take the rock. You know, I never took it though. I'm I never dead. took it though. You feel me? Because <laughs> it was like they held so much power on that campus. You, you could have started like an uproar. I know. I know. That. And coming like from Chicago, ass. that was like that was the whole point. But I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. Our dudes from Chicago was always kind of into it with all the dudes from everywhere else there particularly the dudes from new orleans oh my god so you you really went to jackson state for yeah real. i lived in alexander hall my freshman year and then my sophomore year i moved to the palisades and i lived there until junior year yeah that's crazy i ain't never beef with the new orleans dude we was cool though they they flooded you know tried to flood the chicago dudes but chicago they stuck together so hard out there like it wasn't uh, Shout out to Jackson State. Even though it was only for a semester, you know, I enjoyed my Jackson State was lit. My HBCU experience. Yeah. BET came down now. I got the chance to experience that. So yeah. shout out to all the HBCUs. Yes, it's an experience. Now, what was the um the entertainment like as far as the nightlife? Like why did what made you get into that? Because like you can only like I'm practicing, I'm doing practice like two two a days during season, three a days off season. So I really didn't have time to work like that. And outside of the money you would get from, like, work study or just, like, whatever stipend you would get from the team for, like, being on the team, you know, that'll give you a certain amount of money. Like, I'm used to having certain shit, so that just was not enough. Like, it was not enough. So I was doing what I was doing, and then I got hired at the club, and I was working at Evercrombie at County Line Mall for, like, maybe a year, me and my friends, me and some of the girls on the soccer team. And then after that, I just – I'm a very independent thinker. I'm very like I think out the box. I'm not like I'm conservative because of how my family was. Yeah. But I'm very like open minded when it comes to how I front my move. So I just was like, damn, maybe I should just work in the club, you know? Like, you know, went in there and it was lit, and they hired me right away, and I'm like, okay, and I was making decent money in there because they had cocktail waitresses. So we get tips and stuff. It was decent. And it was fun, too, because we got to party and work. So that's so at what, at what point did you see that as, like, a career where you can actually focus on that and make a lot of money doing these things? 
Um, so I'm not one of them females who think that it's a bad thing to make money off how you look. I don't think it's bad. Okay. Everybody got different sale points, right. you know, and what your sale point, like how you can talk to people, that might not be the next person's sale point. So when people try to hate on people for, you know, how they make their money or how they do what they do, like, I don't really be fucking with that shit because I'm going to tell you to get money, you know? Right. So, like, I literally was out there and just everybody kept approaching me. Like, my name was, they called me Black Barbie out there. Facts. The dudes <laughs> on the basketball team named me that. And then it just went from there. So, like, I was a crown royal girl in Mississippi. Like, I won Jackson State's top model my freshman year when I got there. I don't even model, but it was just, you know. What haven't you done? <laughs> um, I don't know. People just be trying to get me to try stuff because I'm ambitious and they know I might try it. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, it was really that. I figured out how to monopolize off how I look down there. And, you know, they real big on red bones mm -hmm. down there. So when you can make a splash, it's not a red bone down there. It's deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel? Because being a college athlete and you touched on, you know, having very little money to work with. How do you feel about college athletes being able to monetize their likeness now? Um, I think it's a good thing. Because you got, they're not, they're only going to give you so much. Like, closed mouth going to get fed. And if you're nice. not out here trying to figure out how to, you know, monopolize off your brand, then you're not doing something right. right. You're supposed to try to make money at all angles for anything that you're capable of doing. And people will sell them like sell themselves short based off opinions. But your opinion is not paying my bills. Nice. So I'm not going to sit there and not do what I need to do to get shit done. So I think it's great. Now, you go from being athlete to in the entertainment industry as far as the nightclub go what made you say i want to get into the management game so like i like how much do you know about me did you do you know anything about me i know i know what i see on instagram you feel <laughs> me? okay so i was married for like six years my ex-husband is a professional athlete he's okay. pretty famous right now and um I was on the road with him for a couple of years, and, like, you know, well, in his profession, they don't make money until after they start getting endorsed and actually get signed, and you know what I mean? So I was, like, taking care of us all these years, yeah. you know, and, like, went on the road with him. And, like, I'm always, like, you know, like, pinky in the brain. Like, I'm the brain behind the operation, and, you know, he had, he has hella talent. I can't, you know, take that, like, take that away from him, like, he is not where he's at today because of me, but I played a role, right. you know, because of, you know, you just got to, like, hold shit down so people can do what they do so they can get where they need to be Thanks. in order for us to be together. Because I'm not the type of woman that can go lay up in your mother's house, you know, or any of that. Like, if we going to try to be together, then we need to be doing it singly and somebody needs to hold shit down. Like, that's Thanks. just what it is. So that's what was going on. And then, you know, after we didn't work out, like, I was like, fuck that. I felt like I had my life on hold. So it wasn't really like, I was like, oh, I'm going to start managing. Like, I was already in the industry here. I worked at, like, Zentra, Sangria, like, all the major clubs downtown, Soundbar, Spybar, for years. And I was like, shit, let me just go ahead. And I was throwing a birthday party. And I was actually managing Chad London. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I know Chad London. Yeah, so I, was, I started off managing Chad. And it just went from there. Like, I threw my first show. It was a birthday party, and he was supposed to be, like, the headliner, and it was lit, and I just never stopped. 
So how did okay? So being being around all these people, you know what I'm saying, that don't necessarily make you popping, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. how were you able to throw these events and get people to come and act cause it's a million people throwing events and a lot of them be dry. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So how were you able to make that transition to just off top, just man, this way it's at uh, it's a formula. Like I'm a very smart cookie. It's a formula. Like I, I do certain things numerically to make sure that I get certain results. So, mm-hmm. um, after the first one, like, and I know which artists do what, you know. So I really do be paying attention. People think that like I might not be like as much in communication with the artists as I should now, but that's because I deal with so many of them. So right. it's really like I got an assistant who handle all of that because. It gets overwhelming, and then people, when it's your business, people take things personally. Like you're, you know, trying to be personal towards them for how you conduct your business when it's not, you know, like you are part of the equation, you know. So I have to treat it as such. So I just do certain things, you know. I I was already kind of popular though. That's what I'm saying. Like I've never, like even when I went to Ray D. Lasalle, like I always kind of been like a socialite in Chicago amongst like. I'm like from 31st, so amongst that like social scene, like yeah. Whitney Young, Diva Sailor, all of them, and you know, that's kind of just I just used what I already had to, you know. Now you talked about how how difficult it is dealing with a, a boatload of artists. Now with so much on your plate, was it easy for you to say, okay, I, I'm willing to take this amount of, of effort and put this into somebody else? Um, so I've tried to work with some artists, but you know, like sometimes artists, okay, a lot of artists will try to get up on top of you because they need management, but their idea of management is literally just somebody who's going to financially support the things that they need to have done. When really, if I were to manage somebody, it would have to be somebody who already has like a project done, something that I can work with to try to monetize off of so I can create the funds to fund your project. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. They like they they come in all backwards and I automatically be offended because it's just like I it's not like I'm broke, you know. So it's like I'll be feeling like people be trying to have their hands in my pockets. I don't like that. You know, so I'm very funny about like the whole management thing with people. I don't really do that but what i do know is i offer a service you know so while all the artists think that you know they are the breadwinner in the situation which is why i should work with them that's not the case when people try to work with me right because i have something to offer you also so it's like now we have to make it work and a lot of them are like unwavering because really all they wanted was probably money in the first place how do you decide who you gonna move forward with as far as management or even getting on one of your showcases um so really a lot of people reach out to me i don't reach out to people no more the only people i reach out to are artists that i've been dealing with you know to show that formality and you know to still give that respect anybody new that's they reaching out to me and i'll give anybody the opportunity to be heard if you have something that i could see like a project i can see something that i can hear so i can like pass on to my djs and it just seemed like you could kind of see on your page that you're probably an artist. Like some artists be brand new and they just be needing to get up and get around other artists. So I'll throw a couple of those in there too. Cause they'll be like, oh my God, it was my first show. And I met so many people there that I could work with because you gave me the opportunity to do that. So it'd be about like 
kind of fitting a bunch of different people in. For the more popular artists, it'd be like, bring them outside so they can crowd steal from each other. Because the, the artists that sound the best, you automatically going to like all of their music, like, collectively. You know, so they can have the same fans. You know, it's kind of just like a formula. But I definitely, I give anybody a chance if they're serious. Now, they, they I'm, I'm assuming, because every time you drop little clips, you know what I'm saying, who going to be on the show, like, none of them be trash. And I know it's a million artists, like you say, they reach out to you nowadays. So how do you let somebody down politely by if they just trash? Like, is, is that's just not the sound for your show. You know what, to be honest with you, I have lucked up and I haven't got nobody that's really trash. I feel like people know that the shows be so busting that they don't want to come with trash. You would be embarrassed. Yeah. So I haven't really had nobody come to me. I haven't had to turn nobody down because they're trash. I turn people down because the lineup gets too full. I be doing like 40 people lineups. And I'll have to like start cutting people out because I'm getting like backed up on the time. So like, yeah, I wouldn't turn somebody down because their music is trash. Ain't nobody would trash me. I think everybody be coming correct at this point. How do you maneuver 40 people like in into one showcase? Because most people not coming on time. You they know don't. So everybody... Everybody show up close to 10. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'll be having people, like, booked at, like, 8.30. They will come close to 10 o'clock, and I'll be like, I told y'all, like, Moesha, my assistant, she told y'all in the email, like, to be here by 8.30, and here y'all come late. And then people be pressed, but I don't give a fuck. Right. At the end of the day, I told you it was time to be there, and now you're late, and you know you want to perform in front of these people, but you want to press me because you're late? No. So, and they know I'm coming like that, too. But you can only respect it because I give you instructions that you just don't follow. So then you want me to accommodate the instructions that you're not following. And they, like, I really don't have time for that. I get irritated. So um, it's really the whole team. Like, I ain't going to lie. Malhai and Scully play a huge part in that. They help me organize. Because like, when me and Moesha are tied up, because Moesha will be at the door, I'm running back and forth trying to get artists from the door to the stage to the host. And Scully and Malhar are the ones who check off the lineup, take the music. Like, they're the ones that really keep everything in order. Be like, Rachel, it's time to go get down. So they really be, you know, like, they are part of the team. They're not just DJs that I pay. They are, like, my team. How did you go about picking those two DJs? Uh, so Malhar, he did my first showcase. I met him through the people that I was originally throwing the shows with. They called TCO. And yeah. I was working with ID to G. Yeah. And, um... I met Malhar through them. Like, he would kick it with them all the time. And uh, Scully, I've known Scully since fourth grade. We went to Ray together. Okay. And then we found out we was in the industry together, like, down the line. And, like, his mother had a, um after-school program. We both went to Ray, and she would have, like, all the kids from Hyde Park coming to her after-school program. Like, it was a really reputable program. So, like, I know his family. Like, we just go way back. Man, you... When we was off air, you was telling me how you were shy. And, like, I'm shy, too, so you might not know that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just can turn it on well when it's, when it's microphone time. Mm -hmm. But how important has networking been to you and how are you shy having to network to, to get this big? Um, so, I don't know. I, just, I, like, I like people. So, like, I work in a hospital, too. I work at, like, one of the most high-paying hospitals in the country. I know. You You the type of shy person that you won't necessarily start the conversation, but you open for the conversation. Yeah, okay. you know. And then um, I just, like, 
I like people. I care about people a lot, and that's one of my biggest faults is how much I care about people. Yeah. I used to work in the law field, and then I switched to healthcare because, like, I be caring about the patients and then, like, the team, you know, because we all just really working hard to make sure, like, people are ultimately straight. So I'll socialize with you, you right. know, like, in a private setting. Like, I'll talk to you. I'll probably be the person talking the most if it's, like, a private environment. But when it comes to, like, being on stage or – being in front of a large group of people like I go go dance for years and that was easy because I don't have to talk to you I don't have to look you in your face it's like a crowd of people I ain't necessarily looking at nobody it's not right. intimate for me yeah versus like if it's six of us in a room and you ask me to bust a note I'm gonna be embarrassed because it's like <laughs> <laughs> you talking about like you're like looking at me this everybody is paying attention so intense right yeah. so if that makes sense that's how I'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. Now, how much did did networking play a part into everything that you had going on? Because you got to know people, especially to throw events. So, no, it's crazy because every single person that I ever met heard about the event and they just popped out. So, all the celebrities I met, all the super lit Chicago artists, like every PR, every A&R, every record label that ever popped out, it was because they heard about it and they came out. They probably walked in, seen me, didn't even know that I was the person throwing the shit. So I'm just like, they're like, oh, such and such is in here. And, you know, you're supposed to, like, automatically shout these people out when they're in there because it's just, like, you know, being cordial. And then I'll just, like, introduce myself. Oh, my God, thank you so much for coming out. You know, because yeah. I'd still legitly be a fan because I didn't know they were coming. Right. And then it just goes from there. Like, they'll try to get my information afterwards or – like that now i'm gonna be perfectly honest with you i ain't know you was just plugged in you know what i'm saying i just like i say i just know the instagram <laughs> and i only i i saw you was throwing an event and i'm like man she's a black woman doing something i want her on my podcast that was the That's literally right. the only reason i reached out to you because <laughs> i saw you doing something you was a black woman and it's so much negativity going on in the city i just want to highlight people that's doing something like you say you you helping people regardless of how they look at it you know what i'm saying you don't have to open your showcase up to 40 artists yeah. i've been a part of something like that and i know how hectic it is just to get all those people on stage get all those songs played hey bro you got to keep it down to five minutes you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. and, and they drop another song you know <laughs> so i understand how it goes yeah 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 you know it'd be hilarious because like uh i always feel comfortable in mal hot air because he packs a major punch like he will cut your music off like if it gets too like you know or if he sees me getting frustrated like he'll cut it off <laughs> so i mean like they they keep it and people want to respect it because they they want to come back i didn't even know when i started i've been doing it for four years now i didn't know when it started that it was gonna go this far and then when we started skipping states because you know the pandemic was happening we didn't have any venues here to really do anything and I like pride my shows off of doing them, you know, downtown in a place where everybody can go and feel like ultimately safe. You know, yeah. all the stuff that's happened over the last year, like we can't just say that. Yeah. But ultimately, all the different races feel like they can come out and it's a mutual place. So that's why I do my stuff like downtown in the city. I won't go south with it. Right. So when I couldn't do a downtown, I just wasn't doing nothing here. So then we skipped to St. Louis. We went to Atlanta. We went to Vegas and like. All my shows was equally as lit. Like it was crazy. I don't even know how I did that. What like, are those? What are those? Not to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But what are those moments like when you actually in another state throwing an event and you still packing out the house? It's still busting. Yeah, that shit her. crazy. Um, that shit just feel crazy. I don't know. We be on a high after that. Like 
everybody would think that we would throw a show and go home or go out like afterwards and try to like party. Like we'd be throwing the shows and going back to the room and chilling because it'd just be like you know, celebrating that night. Not even celebrating. We'd be going to bed, but it oh, really man. be like. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all just do this. That's yeah, what like do. we really just do this. I yeah. feel like when you put your energy in the right place, like you just do it. We was in St. Louis. We threw a successful show. I got an Airbnb for everybody, so, like, the DJs was there, my assistant was there, my best friend was there, my stylist was there. Like, we all just came back and went to sleep, and we was all suffering. Just everybody was on the same frequency. Like, we was tired, yeah. you know? So, yeah, we just, I don't know. We just do this. I think in the other states, though, it feels like the best, because then I realized that my reach with artists is, like, pretty long. What's one of those moments that, that you had to sit back and be like, damn, shit when we was in vegas i could like that shit was crazy because we wound up see what i'll do is when i go to another state i'll book so many chicago artists and then i'll make sure from association that i get my hands on so many artists from the state that we're going to right and i'll stack the lineup you know so then I go out there, and, you know, the artists from out there, they'll do it because they can go to my page and see that we really do this. So yeah. it's not, no, you know what I mean? And they hear that a bunch of Chicago people are coming out there. People fuck with Chicago. Thanks. They already be on board. So I use my networking. The same thing, I do, it's a formula. Like, it's not about who you are. It's literally a formula. I use the same formula here in the other states, and it works. I just have to switch up the demographic of artists. It sounds like you need to have you a, a a master class. You need to charge some people for your, <laughs> for your juice. You know what, though? Sometimes, like, when you do it first, ain't nobody going to be able to do it the same way as you. So I'm yeah. going to do it to the T, you know. And then I will, you know, I do work with people. Like, I don't like making money off people. So people be like, Rachel, can I throw a show with you? I power events for people, literally. I swear to God, you can ask, like, any artist, if you go to my page and look at any event that I powered, not that I presented, but I powered. So it might be like somebody got a mixtape release for themselves and Lucky One powers it. I pay my whole team to come out and I allow that person to keep whatever money from their door, like whatever. They pay for their venue, like all that stuff, just to say that I helped them put it on. Yeah. What, what, explain the power behind it of just being a helpful person. Because a lot of people won't help you just because they think you going to eclipse them one day. So what's the power behind helping people? Because some people help you in intense of getting something down the line. Like, it ain't about that for me. Like, I'm helping you because it is helping me right now. Thanks. Like, so for you to be like, oh, lucky one did this, you making my name float around. That's enough. I don't need any money from you. Yeah. Because your event is going to be, like, I ain't trying to treat nobody. But in the long term, like, your event might be a one event. My shit is old and long yeah. and gonna keep coming because you help my name still float somebody else don't want me to do the same thing now i know you i know you had this work ethic instilled in you at a very young age <laughs> but how do you keep it going because i i know it get i know you had times where you'd be like man i'm i'm a little tired i ain't trying to do this but you still got to keep it moving because um, i like i have like i need to be somewhere i need to be where i want to be financially by a certain age, like, I'm not bad off, you know, but I want to be where I want to be, like, you know, some stupid racks, you know, um, by maybe 
36, 37. I'm 32 right now. Okay. So, like, I feel like I'm going to be there the next couple years. Like, I'm decent. You know, it's just I want to really, really be racking it in based off what I'm doing. So, that'd be enough for me. I'm never satisfied. So, what would you say is your ultimate goal? Um, I mean, I want to provide the largest platform for all. I like. I want to be like a American household name. Like the platform is a showcase that you perform in. If you're an indie artist, you're not signed. No matter what level of artistry you want, no matter what city, like we come into a city near you type shit. Now, I know you, you touched on it briefly about uh, COVID slowing it down. How did it actually impact your brand? Or did it make your brand stronger? Did it hurt you a little bit? See, either you excelled in COVID or you drowned in it. Either you was getting super money or you was watching everybody get super money. Fast. I literally, I let's shut down again. <laughs> <laughs> let's shut down again because I feel like I was in my most creative space when we were shut down because I had no choice but to figure that shit out. Yeah. It, it made us travel. Like, we wasn't traveling yet until we couldn't do nothing here. So it wouldn't be bad to see what I was forced to do. You never know what you'll do until you put in a situation. Yeah. So what would, what would you what would you say is, is one of those things that, that you learned from COVID other than, than making it travel, like something you learned about yourself? That I could do anything I put my mind to. That sounds corny as hell, but that's big facts. You manifest shit. Yeah. So when I realize, like, I really, like, I'll say, like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then I do it. Like, most of the people around me, like my close friends, I don't have that many friends. I don't kick it with too many people. But the people that are around are people who have heard me say what I'm going to do and watch me do it in their face because they know that I'm not bullshitting them. So I can do anything that I really want to do. I just have to want to do it or it's not going to get done. Now, I don't know if you're doing this. I'm going to just throw this idea out here for you. Like, you really should document your process. You feel me? I know I know it's it's cliche now, everything content, content, content. But like you say, you you trying to make it happen by 34, 35, 36, you know what I'm saying? So imagine over the next four years, if you document everything and you look back on it, then you can start that master class. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus, look. I gotta get look, I'm I'm really bad at documenting things. Like I well I'm good at it, like paperwork, like stuff like that. That's what I do at the hospital. Like I'm a computer nerd. Yeah. But um, when it comes like video and like documenting me, because I never thought I personally was that interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, you just have to like see. Like I don't know. You'll be amazed, cause like I don't, I don't watch TV as much. You know what I'm saying? I'm on YouTube all the time now, and I, I tell artists all the time, like when I interview them. Some of them I interview and I've never heard their music. Like my my co-hosts will bring them on, and I just have a genuine conversation with them. And, and literally after that, we'll go listen to their music just off the sh conversation that we had and how much I learned about them in that conversation. Mm -hmm. So people people gravitate towards the the story behind you. And like I said, I didn't know anything about I didn't know <laughs> half of these things about you. But I don't know if you ever put any of this into the universe. I never really put any of it out there. So it's going to be people that be like, damn, she really doing it. You might have somebody out there hating on you right now that see this and be like, damn, why the fuck I'm hating on her? <laughs> like, I should yeah. be empowering her. It'd be a couple of haters, you know, but, you know, the haters make you successful too. Yeah. You know, and they really just be hating because they're inspired by you. It's really all it is. 
All right, now this is one of my favorite questions to ask. So I ask everybody this question. I always get a different answer. So this is why I ask this question. If you can go back and t- um, give your younger self any advice, what would it be? Um, I made a lot of money in my lifetime. Maybe stack a little harder. Okay. That's it. I mean, I but every everybody that's young play with money. Facts. You know, it's a part of growth. Yeah, so I don't regret it. that. I, I feel everything that I went through, I was supposed to go through to get to this point. So I don't regret nothing. I just, maybe I should have just stacked a little more. All right, now, you touched on being married for a quick second. So I want to I wanna ask you this question. Like, did did you feel like you got married too young or you just, the, the, the situation caused y'all to outgrow each other? So the situation we were in caused us to get married, and the situation, like, you know, him becoming famous and stuff, that it wasn't an outgrowth. It was like he wanted me to accept things out of him that I would never accept because I know him how I know him. Right. Like, boy, I know you from high school. I'm not about to let you be trying to, you know what I mean? I do not have daddy issues, and you're not about to be trying to play with me like that. Thanks. But, um... Yeah, that was really it. I think that everybody was shocked that I was, like, on that stand with it. But it's because, like, I really just couldn't allow him to disrespect me like that. Yeah. Like, I couldn't. It ain't never that serious. Now, you uh, you had an event Tuesday. So, that's how, like, the t- event Tuesday. Like, what are some of the, the artists you excited to see on your on showcase? <clears throat> I fuck with all the female artists. I love them. They come out and they get it real and then all the guys come out because they want to see the females um we got this artist named disconnected coming back out he sings kind of well he doesn't sing but he it's kind of like a punk rock rapper see i don't want to categorize him yeah start putting titles on people but um he hasn't been out in a while and his style is just real different and then it's this other one named bonzo he asked me, could he do the show? I haven't responded yet, but that's just because I was on my way here. Yeah. When I found out he was coming out, I was excited because his whole project just sounds different. Like, his music just sounds different. Um, I think it's Sunit, the female artist. Her videos are really um, animated, and she's a really good performer, so I'm pretty excited to see her. And then we had um, a girl who just started performing for the first time. She's a model, but she's actually a really good artist. Like, I was shocked. Her name is Cashmere, and she's coming out to perform. And then my friend Desi, she, um, I actually met her through the shows. I consider her a friend. You know, we did not know each other before this, but she supports me so heavy. Like, she like she make you feel like you know what I mean, yeah. or maybe she was really just you know what I mean, cool with me because she literally just come out for me, make sure I'm straight, you know what I mean, like all my shit. And then she started performing. I didn't even know she was an artist. That's crazy. Yeah, she dropped her first song and the shit was lit. Right. So I'm excited to see her perform that again because it was busted when she performed the last time and then she was talking about she wasn't ready to perform again. She needed to get her, you know, her her uh, performance together. And I, I'm like, girl, the song lit. Like people grown. You know, fall in tune because it's decent. So those are probably the main ones I'm excited to see. Do you ever look at yourself as as an artist breaker? Because half the artists you name I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. You feel me? But once again, I see the artists that you post on your page, and they it's usually um, music video snippets. And I've never seen a weak one. I've never heard a weak song. All of it made me say, "Damn, who is this person?" See, what's crazy is okay, so. When I was, like, coming up, like, 
platform one through ten, that was the come up. That was like when I worked with Shauna, when I worked with Heron Tracks, when I was um I had Cowboy come out. Like those were the people that led into every artist who isn't necessarily being known, just wanted to reach me. And I figured out, um, because I've been talked to by a couple of entities trying to get me to drop Lucky One as a name and join them and do what I do under their umbrellas, yeah. which I'm not never going to do. But um, I had, um, you know, people come out and um, I just started kind of just rocking with the, the newer artists, you know. Like, I have, like, the artists that I fuck with, and I'll invite them out, but it's important to expand. So people try to talk to me to get me to work with them because of my reach with all these artists. Like, how many people just know, like, let me talk to Rachel to, like, you know, come out so I could be around certain people because you're going to be around these people, and that's what they care about. So I really just, I don't know. I like bringing out, like, newer artists, older artists. Like, I don't have, like, a specific group of people that I reach. I bring out 14-year-olds. Like, they be in and out of there. They'll come perform. They be in and out. Like, labels, they'll try to hide them, you know, get up there real quick, get out, and be done with it. So I really, like, just try to get kind of, like, everybody out there. Like, everybody. Getting a new artist up there is always a plus because that's two more new artists I'm going to meet behind that new artist. And once you realize that it's a pyramid like that, you'll know how many new people that you need to have. How do you feel about the people that say Chicago has that crab in the bucket mentality? When there's people out here like you giving people these platforms to be great, um, so I mean, I I guess I can like understand where people are coming from in the sense where it do come off like when you do well here that people will hate on you or not want to see you, you know, succeed or like people steal Chicago content all the time. Like, if you go anywhere, they love when we come there because they jack our swag. That's really what it is. So I don't believe we have a crab in a barrel type mentality. I think that we just haven't been able to break our music industry the way that we needed to break it. Like, everybody will get on and then feel the need to go somewhere else because they think they get more help there. When the reality is, it's all here. You just got to know how to put the pieces together type stuff because everybody getting their content from here. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, like. They really are. I be so dead. All right, so what's next for you? Um, so I'm gonna keep, you know, throwing my shows. I'm about to do platform all stars. That's gonna be fun. Cause everybody be tight about the lineup or whatever. But the reality is, you cannot be tight when you're coming out singly. You're not bringing anybody, and you're not like providing your artistry as a resource for other artists to monopolize off your crowd. Like, you coming out dolo. Right. So you can't say nothing. Right. You know, the people who have the larger crowds, I give them really good time slots because it's like they are, you know, trying to apply to this. I don't charge for slots. I have to invite you. So I'm not doing it for the money. It's literally like I'm trying to make sure that, like, everybody is her. So we're going to do platform all-stars. I'm going to choose 10 artists, the 10 most busting artists, in the city who have like projects, you know, who have like networking that could be applicable to other people who, you know, have really good crowd interaction, bring out a lot of people, like that's what we're about to do. And then I think we're about to do a platform in Miami. I just I was supposed to go to Miami like maybe like a week ago and something happened and I had to not go. But I'm gonna still get down there and book the venue so we could go ahead and knock it out. 
but I want to do it before the summer is up. Let me salute you for for everything one that you're doing for the city. You feel me? Once again, a black woman killing shit. Cause I feel like black women been killing shit for like the past fifteen years. Ain't nobody been saying nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all for, ha, somehow been quietly doing it in these past couple years. Like, it's just been black women everywhere taking over the world. So, salute to you for that. Thank you. Uh, salute to, to your platform. I know it's hard and very difficult to build a platform, and it's not easy. And one single mistake can can crumble that foundation that you're building. So, I'm, I'm going to say, keep doing you. Keep saying fuck the haters. And just keep being innovative, you know, because once you once you get stagnant, like you said, it was time to branch out. You went to St. Louis. Now you going to Miami, like, oh, that's different. Like, not too many people take they they what they have going on in Chicago and take it to other places. Like you say, they they leave Chicago and they they don't tend to come back. You feel me? So shout out to you for looking out for Chicago artists and just giving a, a positive light on the city. I appreciate that. Yeah, like Chicago lit. Like the reality is. Chicago just lit. Like, we lit. Like, some people, you know, if people from New York, they'll try to say we like country, but that's just because they're a little more, I guess, in higher fashion than us. It ain't, it ain't, and I don't even, you know, I like how we are here, but Chicago is lit. I can't go to another place and really, like, date dudes because they don't like Chicago dudes. Right. You know, it's like a thing, and then girls will come from other places and be talking about, oh, I like dudes from Chicago. You know, it's like a thing. Like, girls from Chicago. Like, Chicago is just lit. We got the prettiest city. You know, we have four seasons. Like, our fall here, you can't get it nowhere else. Facts. You know, so it's just, like, I don't want to leave Stone Hill City. And the food. The food is the best. Second to none. The food is the best. Because please believe I've been eating. I've gained 25 pounds over the pandemic. Shout out to the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) 25 pounds. Facts. Because I've been eating crab legs. I'm gonna ask you that off off air because it's like, why do women love crab legs? So much? <laughs> <laughs> but before we get out of here, you got anybody you want to shout out? You got any more things you want to salute? Um. So you know, ultimately, I did start the platform with a group of people that kind of, you know, not kind of like we did what we did till we couldn't do it no more together. Yeah. So I guess shout out to TCO and ID to G. And definitely Mal High and Scully and Moesha and Rashad. Cause I can't do nothing without them. Like my team is like everything. They so they so lit. Can't do nothing without a strong team. You can't, but like you it's really just how they rock with you too. You know, like they not like they They gotta feel empowered, you know what I'm saying? They gotta be able to do their own thing, you feel me, and not look at it like they doing you a favor, like we all doing. Because high key, us doing a show together, we all been making a name off of it individually. Like yeah. everybody know everybody for what they do, and yeah, that's that's what that's all. All right, so once again, shout out to you. Thank you for sliding. You feel me? It's Thanks Sunday. for having me. No doubt, I'm glad you pulled up. I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. Yeah. So once again, salute to you. Thank you. All right, this has been another episode of Conversations with Jay.